Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. It's Monday morning. We're doing an earlier earlier in the day show than usual, and we don't usually do shows on Mondays. So uh, this is a, this is sort of a, a millennial once in a lifetime date. It's two two of twenty two. Uh, so, so this will be our only podcast of the century on that date. Um, and I don't know what that means. But anyway, this is Michael. Welcome to Drive Through, and I'd like to gr- welcome our guest Elizabeth Tiamona. Elizabeth, welcome to Drive Through. How are you this morning? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. And I realize it's actually uh, your anniversary. I think we're just a day past. Um, is it 12 years that you've been doing the podcast now? Yeah, it was. It was actually started by some other folks. We've done this. These we've, we're over 1,600 episodes in 12 years. Um, and I honestly didn't realize it was our anniversary because I guess I've I've been doing it since 2014. But it, we've been sort of a community property, and it's been handed down to different people. But it's one of the longest-running podcasts in the HR space on the Internet. And uh, we, we always claim without much data to back it up that we're also the most highly rated and listened to HR podcast on a daily basis. But we don't do daily shows anymore. We used to do them five days a week. But thanks. Um, but let's not talk about me or my show. Let's <laughs> talk about you. So, so since we have about 30 minutes, I'm gonna. We've, I've been doing sort of a. It, it just seems to have come together naturally. There's so much transition going on with COVID and in work, in work, back to work, out of work, all this kind of stuff. I, this is like the third show in a row where we sort of talked about hybrid workforces and other related topics driven largely by the pandemic. So, um, I've. I feel like I'm asking some of the same questions, but you, you, you're coming from a, 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 a different perspective than our last two guests. So to get us started, Elizabeth, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us who you are and a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, that sounds great. So um, I'm Elizabeth Giamona, um, and I've been at Envoy um, leading the HR and people team for about three years now. Um, and in my HR career, I've worked at uh, a bunch of different technology startups in all areas of HR. And I think in the last two years, especially, it's been such an interesting time to try to really find ways to support people through something that was just so dynamic and so unforeseen. And there really wasn't any way that, uh, you know, there weren't guidebooks for us. So having to build things from scratch and really just being able to be nimble over these last two years has been a great time to really be supporting people in new ways and really more meaningful ways than I think we've seen um, in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, what does, you're, you're with a company called Envoy, and I believe you're on the West Coast. Are you based in Silicon Valley or somewhere else in California? Yeah, so our headquarters are in San Francisco, um, and I'm just a little bit south of there. Okay, and what do you guys do at Envoy? So we're really focused on making workplaces that people love and that work really well. And our goal right now is to make reopening of offices safe and easy. So we build technologies that do the functions of the workplace really seamlessly and invisibly. So we want to welcome visitors, but keep employees safe. We want them to be able to book desks and conference rooms and sync their schedules so that teams can sit together and connect and get creative. Um, But we also do a lot more with like building access and 
security so that people can come into the office, whether it's employees or visitors, and just have a really good, seamless, safe experience. Now, it sounds like – so that, that, that business did not um, – did not develop as a result directly of the pandemic because you said you've been with them for three years. So you were, did you change your model or are you did, or were you doing something different or did the pandemic put, you know, set the company off in a different direction kind of? It really allowed, what the pandemic did was really allow us to look at our product and say, how can we adapt it to the current environment? Because what we're best known for is our visitors' product, where people could register a guest, and then when they got to a building um, or an office, they could walk up to the reception desk, and uh, I don't know if you've ever seen one of our iPads, but you could uh, get your picture taken, log in, get your badge, um, and then be able to alert the guests that you were there. So it made for a really good visitor experience. Um, and we do have mm-hmm. other products related to being able to book conference rooms and being able to get a delivery. Um, but with the pandemic, it did uh, allow us to look at the product when people were starting to come back to the office. And, you know, we've seen really different rates all across the country in terms of mm-hmm. when people started going back. So, you know, you hear a lot about like big cities, San Francisco and New York, people weren't going back to the offices, but we really saw in most of the rest of the country, people were going back pretty soon. In fact, we have an office um, like in Kansas and the Kansas City office, there really wasn't much of a shutdown there the way there was in some Mm -hmm. of the other big hubs. And so people were starting to go back into offices um, pretty early on in the pandemic. And so we wanted to make that safe for people. And especially as cities and states and counties were creating new regulations about masking or vaccinations, um, we could really take our tool and help companies track those things um, for either guests or their employees to make sure that when people did come back into the office, they were doing so in a safe and compliant way. So it allowed us to build on top of our product, um, but it was still something that was very organic with where we already were. Sure. Um, that's that's interesting because one of the other guests that I had on last week um, had a kind of a, I mean an entirely different sort of you know facts behind the story but the basic gist of it was they they ran uh, vaccination clinics and they started doing parking lot pop ups to do vaccinations for for COVID and then they adapted it and you know brought it into the workplace and developed tracking tools and now they have a kind of a whole different business division that grew up out of, out of the pandemic, even though they did, you know, basically they did on-site inoculations and that kind of thing mm. on a contract basis beforehand. So it's, been, it's, it's pretty interesting how so many businesses innovated and, and collaborated to kind of figure out on, really on the fly these kind of solutions. I, that, that's one, I guess, one of the positive aspects of this bad situation is that people reacted in clever ways and, you know, kind of came up with new things. Um, one of the one of the other questions, and I, I mean, it's pretty common language these days, I guess, you know, but it's it's rel- relatively new against the pandemic, which is this idea of a you know hybrid workforce or work from home. And like personally, I've worked from home since you know the '90s, not a, not not full time, but on a pretty regular basis, or worked on the road. So you know, it's not new, but it it, it does impact a lot more people today and over the last couple of years than it has in the past. Um, what is what is your definition of a hybrid workforce? And how, how do you go about building one kind of with, you know, with your products and your collaborative tools and that kind of thing? 
Yeah, I think for us, it's really just about splitting the work time between in-office and the home, um, or it could be mm-hmm. anywhere else that's not in the office. And we definitely saw through the course of the last two years that people were working from a variety of places that maybe weren't their home, um, and that creates some interesting elements as well. Uh, but I think there's such a big spectrum in terms of what hybrid can mean, and a lot of that might be a, how you think about your culture pre-hybrid or or pre-COVID. And so it can look very different depending on the company, depending on the industry, depending on location. So what's interesting about it is it can really mean a lot of different things to different types of companies. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for us, it's really about just splitting the work time between um, in office and somewhere else, usually the home. Um, I work at, I live in Florida. And and to your point, our, our approach you know, kind of a government approach and, you know, business approach to, to COVID and, and, and the whole pandemic was a lot different than the, the upper northern east coast or whatever you're pretty, pretty much. But I work for a large retailer. Obviously, if you're a retailer selling, we sell groceries. So if you're selling groceries, you can't work from home. But it created a ton of new demand for, you know, curbside pickup or delivery, right? So partnerships with, you know, delivery. for And I know in California, that's been big for a number of years, but it's really, it really blew up for us. And, and I work at the corporate office, and we work from home, but our warehouse people, our truck drivers, our retail people couldn't. So we had sort of this weird bifurcation where the corporate office was working from home for almost a year, and everybody else, essential employees, you know, showing up for work every day, nothing changed. Um, and it, it actually created some kind of weird perspectives in the organization where we got really used to working on teams and stuff, and then when we started to kind of come back together, realized that a large part of our workforce never even really got familiar with teams because they, they just kept coming to work every day. So the technology aspects, you know, changed a lot for us, but it didn't change anything at all for, for large contingents of our workforce. Um, I, I, and I suppose that's probably true in different ways throughout um, whatever company. So what would you say is, I, I, I know I'm wandering around that a little bit, but mm-hmm. my, my aiming towards the question that, Given that there are so many potentially different models, is there is there sort of a um, is there sort of an optimal hybrid design that you found? Because you guys help a lot of other clients kind of work in this thing. Have you have you figured out what works best, or is it is it that you just have to be flexible based on your needs? Yeah, we've done a lot of surveys, um, and then of course we talk with our customers all day, every day. Um, and one of the right. surveys that we did though recently, which was our uh, return to work report, um, which is a survey of a thousand non-envoy workers, is 63% of employees say that flexibility is going to make them feel more empowered, and that that is really one of the most important, like quote unquote, benefits that they want from a company. And of course, there are some situations and industries, you know, schools, healthcare, where that's going to be not necessarily as much of an option. Uh, But I think it really is about flexibility and understanding what is going to work for your population. Um, And you might have a population where there are people who, um, you know, a lot of people have children and their situation might be different if it's impacted by school closures and it's something that is good for you to be aware of. So I definitely think what we've found is it's not one size fits all and there's just going to be a lot of variables. So as an HR team and as a leadership team being really dialed in to what are the influencing factors 
factors um, for the people in your company so that you can make an approach that's really going to make sense for your culture and for the employees that you have. Um, it, it, I don't know if you did any look, look at this in your, in your surveys. Um, do, you, do you think this is an evolution of work? And, and by that, I mean, do you think that this idea of hybrid workforces is here to stay? Or is this kind of a stopgap thing that will fade away, you know, if we ever get back to sort of a pre-pandemic state of normalcy? I don't know if we will, but if we did, would it stick around? I think it is going to stick around. Um, and I think that we've seen that a lot of people have just gotten really used to the flexibility um, and that that's something that they've built into their daily lives and their family lives and their lives outside of work. So they are really going to expect it. And I think that it's going to come, it kind of ebbs and flows. You know, things always come full circle, especially when it comes to kind mm-hmm. of workplace trends. Like there were periods where everybody wanted an office and then everyone took down the walls and then people wanted offices again. So I think there's some things that are kind of cyclical and trend in a way. And especially as people and generations move through the workforce, they're like, Oh, I want to try this. You know, I haven't seen this in the, in the workplace. So let's give this a go again. Um, But I do think that there's going to be an increased consistent, permanent level of flexibility that does stick around, especially for the companies where they've found that um, maybe there are people who've just started to move. And in a world where maybe prior to COVID and working remotely, they didn't think that was possible, they realized that, okay, we can still be successful and functional when we do have employees in different places. So I think we've just seen that it has been pretty successful as an experiment when there were a lot of companies Mm -hmm. pre-COVID saying, oh, there's no way we could do remote. You know, some of the big companies that come to mind are like in the finance space, like a lot of finance Uh, companies were very set on going into the office and they made big, beautiful offices to encourage people to come in and to impress their clients and customers. But even um, companies like that found that it was working well. So I do think that there's going to be some level of permanent hybrid work for most companies. And again, it might not work for every company culture, but I think it's definitely going to be more um, commonplace than it was prior. Yeah, th- another interesting thing, and I- I've experienced this this tw- twice, this three times this week, or or in the last week, if you will, the last seven days or so. Um, I went to my normal, my usual Starbucks, you know, that I go to every morning for a cup of coffee. That's how I start my day on the way to work. Grab one cup of coffee at Starbucks, <laughs> um, and Starbucks inside was closed, not because of pan, not because of you know a lockdown or anything. They didn't, they just, just simply did not have enough people to open the doors and keep and serve people walking in. So they were forcing mm-hmm. you through the drive through. They also reduced their schedule. So part of that's pandemic, part of it's labor availability, but you know, it's a reduced hours, reduced service. Uh, last Friday I had, I had circumstances where I needed to go to a bank and get something done inside a bank. And I, I bank with bank of America, huge across the country. It's the bank of America, right? I went to my normal branch. It was closed. You could only get you could only get service to the ATM. Um, they don't use drive-throughs there anymore. But I needed to go inside. Um, I went to a downtown branch. Closed. Make appointment mm. if you need to go. No appointments available today. And then finally found 
called their customer service line and found a place halfway across town that I could get inside and take care of my transaction. And, and t- this week I'm traveling and the hotel told me as I'm coming in, we're only, we're only going to clean your room after you check out. So, so if you need towels, bring the ones that you use down and we'll give you clean ones. So I'm kind of, you know, on my own maid service at this hotel when I'm at it. So one of the, I guess the point of that is it's, it's altered some of the services that we, that we can expect. And companies have, in the one hand, there, there's flexibility to some workers and on the other, um, less service to customers, which I just find interesting, I guess, as a, as a byproduct. So a lot of changes driven by, by the pandemic. Um, what are the, what are the benefits I guess, and we've talked a little bit about that flexibility and that kind of stuff, but what are the benefits and then the challenges of a hybrid workforce? Yeah, I think the benefits is that you do give people um, some level of autonomy that people enjoy and that gives them a sense of empowerment and enjoyment about the way that they work. And so that's something that I think – you know, as our work-life blend has just continued over, you know, a long period of time, pre-COVID as well, um, with some of that flexibility that's now available, people can kind of harness that a little bit better. And if they do have something that they need to do during the week, and like to your point, services have gotten hard to come by. And so if there's things Mm -hmm. that people need to do, you know, and they need to step out for an hour and take their child to the dentist or, you know, run an errand to get some paperwork signed, there's a little bit more flexibility just in terms of um, being maybe close to um, their their house and the services that they need that now instead of, you know, if you had a dentist appointment and like for me, for example, um, I work in San Francisco, but I live on the peninsula and my dentist is south and I'd almost have to take half a day off when I had a dentist appointment. But now I can Mm -hmm. just take, you know, it's a 10 minute drive from my house and do that. So I'm actually saving a lot of time. So I think some of that flexibility um, has really helped. Um, And then I think that we've just come up with new ways to collaborate um, that in a hybrid world can actually sometimes be more inclusive. You know, I think you hear a lot about some times when there were like eight people in a conference room and two people on a Zoom or remote, the two people felt really left out. But now that it's an equalizer, if everybody was hybrid in a certain situation, and now we're seeing that even when people are going into an office, some companies are creating rules or suggestions where kind of a one screen, you know, one employee, one screen, where they would each be on their own screen, even if some people were in the office, so that nobody felt like they were left out of an in-person conversation. So I think that mm-hmm. there's some um, collaboration opportunities, both externally in the hybrid space, but then also in person. So we're really seeing that people have been missing some of the in-person collaboration and the opportunities to just meet and have some of these impromptu social interactions. Um, and that's actually what almost 50% of people have said that they've uh, missed or that excites them about working in the office is the ability to build the community and retain culture. Um, But I think that the pandemic also made us get a little bit more creative in how we do that in in a hybrid model. So now we kind of have the best of both um, and being able to Mm -hmm. use technology that helps us uh, collaborate a little bit more, again, in person, but also outside of the office. Um, But bringing people together really helps us with the community. Building skills and being together in person can help solve problems, you know, maybe more quickly. You hop into a conference room with some 
somebody. Um, and it gives you some opportunity to do some unstructured planning, which I think really helps people when, you know, in the world of, of hybrid, a lot of times you're in back-to-back -back meetings because you can't just hop over to someone's desk and say, oh, can I bug you about this for, for a minute? So there's definitely some benefits um, on both sides. And we're seeing people be excited about, you know, again, being able to continue with some of the hybrid work, but also being really excited about um, being able to do more in-person work together. Yeah. Um, I had a conversation just the other day with a friend of mine who's taken a new job, which will allow her to work from home. And as I said, I've done that quite a bit over my career, um, including a stint where I literally worked two or three years from home. And one of the challenges I found was, one was the point you raised, which is you, you, you miss collaboration and you miss the office environment because there is a definite uh, human social need that, you know, starts to lack when you're in your house with your dog, in my case, I'm single, so me and my beetle, right? Um, she's not super innovative and doesn't really know much about <laughs> HR. So, <laughs> But the other thing that I found um, was that um, at, at a certain point, the, the workspace was home and home was the workspace, and there was like no difference, right? I'd step away from my desk and be in my kitchen, but it was kind of like it was still the office in my head, right? I didn't have that mm -hmm. break from a different um, location. And so what I did is I went out and I got like a you know part-time membership at a co-working space, and I would work from home three days a week, or and go to the co-working space and hot desk over there, you know, around live people with cups of coffee and stuff, uh, a couple days a week, and that that turned into a pretty good balance for a year and a year and a half, two years, it really helped because cause you you do need that space, I think. Um, we are down to believe it or not eight minutes, about eight and a half minutes. Um, I I, I want to kind of spin back to Envoy. You guys do this work, you know, providing these solutions to your customer, to, to your clients and customers. Uh, and you said you, you talk to people every day. Have you learned things from them that you have applied in your, to your work culture? You know, have you brought lessons in from your clients to your own culture? And can you maybe share a couple of those if that is a, a thing? Yeah, I think one of the things that, you know, I really love about what we do is that we get to learn so much from our customers in terms of what is impacting their business in terms of the different situations and circumstances that they're seeing. And we've really tried to apply that more in terms of how can we better help our customers, I think. Um, and we've put together a lot of different resources to really support our customers or people who aren't customers even, um, just in terms of how can you reopen safely? Um, how can we take what we've learned from them and turn it into something actionable for any company who's thinking about these things. So from a cultural perspective, I think we hear a lot about what they're doing in terms of like their visitor strategy or, you know, are they starting to allow visitors back that allows us to think a little bit more holistically and gives us some different fodder of just, you know, what's working for them and what's not. But I think where we see a lot of the really big impact is learning from them in terms of how we can improve our product and how we can just make sure that we're creating insights and materials that allow other companies to also learn from, um, you know, the surveys and some of the broader work that our customers are doing so that we can set some initial um, recommendations or kind of guidelines so that people don't have to start from scratch. Yeah. Um, 
in, in some of the some of the uh, as we exchanged communications uh, re- regarding setting up the show, one of the things I noted that that was a bullet point on your list of things to consider is onboarding, uh, and and I thought in a, that it was kind of cool not just talking about onboarding new new employees, but also as as people return back to the office, onboard existing employees. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, and that's something that we really thought a lot about, um, and when we were first starting to go remote at the beginning of the pandemic, and we had our first class of remote onboarding uh, and new hires, you know, we thought, how do we make this as dynamic as it can be, like as if we were still in the office? And we had to make a lot of those transitions really, really quickly at that time. And then from the get-go, we were like, how can we make onboarding just as impactful and feel as organic and community-driven and warm and welcoming as it had always been in the office? And so throughout the last two years, we've worked closely across the entire people team um, and managers all throughout the company to really say, how can we set the employees up for success in this new remote world? So trying to do more with um, meet and greets with the team and helping set people up with a lot of different, more casual meetings that maybe you would just expect to happen in the office if they were there, but being more intentional about that Um, and working with different teams within the company to say, okay, how can you take the material that you do with your team's onboarding and also make that as interesting and fun and dynamic um, for people in a hybrid situation? So when we were thinking about bringing people back to the office, uh, it was very interesting because by that point, we had so many new hires that had never been into an Envoy office. It was really an opportunity Mm -hmm. for us to kind of like reintroduce and reopen. And so collectively, again, as the people team working with the workplace tech company, working with our workplace ops team, working with managers, um, how can we make this like a really kind of fun make it an event. Um, But what do people need to know? Because people have also moved. Um, Maybe there's people who are doing a commute that they've never had to do before. So how can we make resources available to people so that it's as comfortable as possible? You know, you take out all of the guesswork and you make it really fun and an opportunity to get people excited about going back. And so I think it's really about thinking through how can you make sure that people have the information that they need Um, and that you're making it like fun and it's something that is an opportunity to show off the culture of the company through some of this onboarding or re-onboarding and especially when the talent market is so competitive like how do we really make sure that we're kind of going above and beyond to create a great experience for new employees existing employees um, to really kind of showcase how exciting our culture is through just some of the return to office uh, work. Yeah. Um, we have about just three minutes left, uh, and I wanted to hit two, three more things. So uh, the other two points I noted that were, I think, worth of worthy commenting to close, the importance of concise communications right now and also safe ways for creating connections. So can you give us a couple of quick thoughts on that, and then we'll wrap up with where people can connect with you if they want to do so, okay? 
Yeah, that sounds great. So I think that really knowing what the requirements and regulations are for your area is super important so that you can build that into any sort of communication you have too. Because if you are talking about something related to returning to the office and there's some level of safety or people might just be a little bit nervous, you really want to make sure you've kind of talked through anything that's just super top of mind for them and kind of get rid of any of that angst of like, okay, but what are we doing on the safety and security? side. Um, And then making sure that you're being um, getting right to the point of what people are going to need to know about, because there's going to be different situations. People are going to have different questions, but trying to really harness like what is going to be most important to the most number of people so that they're able to um, get the information that they need quickly and be able to really run with that. And they're not having to think through things, but then creating additional context, tracking things like FAQs so that um, as HR or the company, you can respond really quickly when new questions come up. And usually if one person has a question, uh, multiple people will, but being sure. able to respond really quickly is, is super critical. Great. Um, for the, so, it, so first of all, great information. Thanks very much for, for sharing all that. Um, thanks for being a guest on Drive Through today. Um, thanks for looking up and finding out a little bit about our show before you came on. That was, that was impressive. Uh, and... Uh, and, and just uh, thanks for being a great guest. Um, for our listeners, and a lot, most of our listeners come from downloads later on, so um, a lot of people will pick this up, you know, a couple weeks from now or whatever. Um, if somebody wanted to get in, somebody wanted to get in touch with you at Envoy or directly, do you have social media uh, channels or website you could share, and just kind of wrap up with that? Yeah, of course. So our website is Envoy.com, um, and I'm on LinkedIn, so you can find me there. But definitely encourage everyone uh, who has questions about anything related to the hybrid work or return to office to check out the resource page on our website. It's got a ton of great information. Like I said, ideas, templates to help anybody at any stage of their um, journey and return to work or hybrid kind of understand a little bit more and get started or um, take it to the next level. Fantastic. Thanks so much for being the guest, our guest today, Elizabeth. And um, I'm going to go ahead and end the show. I hope you have a great rest of the week. Take care. Thank you. You too.